So, this is our walk, the podcast that speaks to real people with real stories about a real God. This week, we're speaking to the wonderful Ruth. And then... Imagine really cool music and we're all excited and upbeat and James Rosser, I'm going to have a word with you later. Um, Okay. So, Luke, I'm going to get the just elephant in the room out out of the way. You are very nervous. I am extremely nervous. The thing about me is I love being centre of attention, but when it comes to standing on a stage and everyone's staring at you like you're all doing right now, goodness me. Ruth, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. Good. So you're not getting stage fright? Uh, no. Good. Well, Luke, you're on your own. Thanks. <laughs> so, you know, but God's with you. So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you're all good. Okay. We do have strict time limits. I'm sure Pastor Neville will tell us off if we don't stick to the strict time limit. So, Steve, would you like to tell everyone here, because it seems like not many people know about our walk, just before we get into it, about where they can find us and stuff? Yes, Basically, everyone in the church is likely to have a Facebook page, if, or a Twitter, or an email address. Oh, there go, yes. and you've definitely got access to the web, website, ourwalkpod.com. So, that's our website address, ourwalkpod.com. Our Facebook page, you can just search Our Walk. It's the one with the little compass logo. It's really cool. And on Twitter, we're at Our Walk Pod 2. I expect, Life Spring Church, I expect the numbers on all three of those to jump. Loads of new followers, loads of new likes, loads of emails. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm expecting. Don't let me down. We have how many episodes? We have 23 episodes so far from different people, all unique stories, and it's all about them coming to know God, their whole life journey, which is what we're going to do today. We're going to find out Ruth's life journey. So, Ruth, how are you today? Uh, Yeah, I'm good today. This is my first week back um, after having had a surgery, and it's really good to be back. Excellent. We'll find out more about that later, I'm sure. So, quickly, just a quick summary, and then we'll jump into it. So, Our walk is normally split into three parts. We have the first part, which is your upbringing, your child life. Uh, And then we have a second part, which is the the moment or the moments where you met God. And then the third part is what happened after you met God, what's changed in your life and what's really happened since God came into your life. And then we finish with prayer requests because what kind of Christian podcast wouldn't have prayer requests, eh? So, yeah, let's, let's get going. Ruth. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Where were you born? What was your family like? Um, So I was born in Reading. I'm at Delwood and grew up in Woodley. Um, I'm one of three, so I've got two older brothers um, and my mum and dad. Um, Yeah, and my... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of rocky in places growing up. Um, Lots of good things, but there were quite a lot of tricky things. Uh, which, you know, have now been a lot of breakthrough and which I'll get to later. Um, Primary school was really good. Um, I loved my primary school. It was very small. Everyone kind of knew each other. Um, Secondary school was really, really hard. So lots of bullying, lots of um, just kind of really nasty girls. Um, And it was quite a shock because I hadn't actually ever experienced that. Um, my dad was a fireman, 
and it was very like family orientated in that kind of arena so we were loved as families we were loved as kids they always sort of doing parties and celebrating our birthdays and stuff like that um and I've always kind of been, you know, a little bigger. And I didn't kind of know that, though, until I was at secondary school, which kind of sounds silly. But I was really, like, you know, sort of happy with myself. And it sort of changed at secondary school because I think then people... Started pointing it out to you. Yes, <laughs> in not such a Lovely pleasant people. way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd had a few things um, happen early in my life and... I think the mix of going to secondary school, kind of getting a really hard time, suddenly thinking, oh, no one likes the way I look. (laughs) I then doubted how I looked. Um, I see majorly at that point kind of where the enemy already took and stole a lot from me. Obviously, I didn't know Jesus then. But already at that point, I think just he just came in and just really robbed from me. Um, so definitely my identity and just confidence and I think all the things I loved doing like I really loved like dancing and stuff like that and I just sort of stopped doing all of those things Um, and then I just started really kind of rebelling Um, I was really really unhappy but it kind of came out a lot in anger so I kind of just built up walls just started like not letting anyone in um and just being yeah getting in trouble with the police um i made sort of friends with this girl who just kind of you know uh really encouraged us both to get into a whole heap of trouble and to be fair at that time i didn't care and um i did, i think i didn't realize how much i was kind of also making really bad decisions um and uh yeah there was a time when um (laughs) which i realize now totally god was with me back then um but there was a time i got arrested and um michelle was saying to me right we'll give a false name we'll give a false name so she went first gave a false name so i'm there like trying to think of a name all ready to give a false name and then the 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 guy in the custody suite just looked at me and he paused And then he just suddenly goes, is your dad a fireman? (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me? And um, it just like completely threw me. And he just was like, Clive boys. And he used the um, traffic police, used to be next to my dad's fire station. And I think because I looked like my dad, there was just something that recognised him. But I realised, because he then, basically, I didn't get charged. He drove me back and um, spoke to my dad but if I'd got a police record back then you know I would there's probably some of the jobs I wouldn't have been able to do and I realized that was quite a significant thing that's a that's a big thing your your uh, alibi of Booth Roy's got totally <laughs> been there it did it? yeah I'm allowed to use that have you used it too. since thanks <laughs> <laughs> um, can I I just want to rewind a little bit so you said and I might just be going really wrong here, but you said your dad is a fireman, so it's a very dangerous job. And I, I, I guess the question is, did you grow up with this kind of sense of he might not come home one day? Was that ever something that occurred to you? Yeah, and actually, I think throughout all my kind of rebellion years, the one thing I never did 
was let dad go to work without saying sorry or you know telling him I loved him because I think we did have a sense of that um and I, I remember when I was about seven dad went to like quite a horrible fire and I guess we'd heard him talking to mum a bit about it but we were upstairs but we heard so I think I did you know I did know that um and so I was always really um sure to not you know kind of ever let dad go and there'd be an upset um so yeah so Ruth were your family Christian when you were growing up no (laughs) no so my grandma was and I remember a few occasions going uh, with my grandma um, to her church. And I remember her um, also always talking about Psalm 23. Um, and again, it's something that God has used a lot <laughs> since I've become a Christian. But I think seeds were planted a long, long time ago. And I think my grandma just really, you know, must have spoken that over me. And I can just really see how he did protect me even when I didn't know him and I was very lost. Um, We, for a little while, did go to a local church, but it was very much go on a Sunday, come back. So within the family, our kind of way was um, if there was an upset, we'd all ignore each other. And then we'd just ignore each other for a while, me and my mum had a really, really difficult relationship and we literally would sometimes go weeks and not speak. Um, and then I left home when I was 16, kind of, you know, again in this sort of rebellion of like, well, I don't need them, I can manage on my own. Um, and it, you know, was not a great decision because <laughs> I made things really tough for myself for a long, long time. How long did how long did your rebellious stage last? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, probably. Some here. What, that, what does that mean? <laughs> it has gone. A few, a few people here that are doubting um, it's gone. That's outrageous. So basically, probably about, I would say about 20 years, because really up until I became a Christian at 32, I was being rebellious and I was kind of in this turmoil all the time of being really unhappy, not really knowing who I could talk to about it. So therefore, keeping the defences up and just pushing people away. And then when I knew I'd messed up, it would make me feel even worse. And then I would just kind of just keep rebelling to kind of cover up the fact that I was actually really unhappy. During those um, rebellious sort of years, you've already touched on a moment where God sort of intervened. Looking back now as a Christian, uh, were there any other moments like that during your rebellious period that you look back and think, do you know what, during that moment... God really helped me there. Yeah, um, I remember um, one of my secondary school teachers, actually, he was the deputy head, Mr. Todd, and he would always just kind of, if I, you know, I was always getting in trouble at school, often then you'd end up sort of there before seeing, like, the head teacher, and, you know, a few times he was kind of like, Ruth, you know, I, I don't believe this is you, and, you know, like, I want you to do well, but you're kind of making it difficult because, you know, I keep seeing you. And um, and there was a time, you know, where I'd been, uh, you know, got in trouble and sat there and he just said, Ruth, I believe you are going to do really well in your life. And I believe there is going to be a crossroads and you are going to have to, you know, make a decision. And he said, but I reckon I would look back. He said, if I met you, and he, I remember him saying, if I met you when you were 50, you will have really turned your life around because I really believe there's, you know, gold in you. 
and I really cried and it was like I hadn't cried in years and then was kind of like really embarrassed that I'd cried and, and now I look back and A, I do think he was a believer but if he wasn't, he really kind of spoke something over me that, you know, God has used um, to show me, you know, and I think I do often look back at that um, and thinking, gosh, you know, he saw something in me and he really declared that over my life, uh, which is really powerful. Um, I mean, definitely my grandma. My grandma was, you know, I was very, very close to her. And I think, again, it's only later when I realized probably it was the power of prayer. I think she prayed for me. I th- and again, my grandma always would sort of believe in me. And she'd always, just always say to me, you know, Ruth, you know, I know you're struggling, but I really love you. And, you know, you've got good in you. And, I, you know, you can do good with that. But only you can do that. Only you can kind of make that decision. But she never judged me. I remember that that time after the policeman had taken me home and, you know, mum and dad were just so angry. And, uh, you know, and I remember sort of going to grandma and then grandma just saying, you know, not sort of judging me about it, but just, you know, again, just like, Ruth, you know, what's going on? How can I help you? You know, what can we do? Um, And I, I really value that. You know, I really value that, you know, she just always had an open door and I think I I did talk to her about a lot of things that I never told my parents um that she just listened and tried to kind of you know be that stability for me so yeah wow that's great stuff so should we should we let's move on to part two I think let's we'll have a quick break which I've told the guys at the back should last about 15 seconds Uh, (laughs) and hopefully music comes on and then we'll come back with part two and find out when you met God which is very exciting and we are back now I I just want to sort of explain to the audience here they're probably thinking what was that? Basically, we are going to have these on our podcast as well, like the audio version, and we like to split up into you know three parts, have breaks in between, because they can be very long, like 45 minutes. We know people don't have enough time to listen to it all in one go. So we like to split up so people are like, well, I can pause it there and come back to it later. But we are back. So, yeah, so this part two is all about... Um, that moment or moments of encountering God or what, you know, that moment that really cemented your faith. So, Ruth, you talked about your rebellious stage, uh, 20 years of it, um, and it coming to an end when you first met God. So could you tell us about that moment, please? Um, So I think because I'd had such a long rebellious stage, it was a bit of a long process um, for God to really you know, kind of, or me to let God in. Um, So the first part of it was uh, when I was invited to come to an Alpha course. And uh, I remember kind of opening up this invite and literally being like, oh my gosh, this is like cringy. There's no way I'm doing this. And um, so I rung the lady that had invited me and thought she'll be at work. I'll leave a message when she's at work so I don't have to talk to her. 
So I left a message and just kind of said, oh, yeah, thanks, but, you know, actually I can't start next week, you know, see you around sort of thing. And then she rung, like, about two hours later, and uh, I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, she's ringing. So I didn't answer. She left this message just saying, oh, great news, Ruth. You know, we're actually going to start the week after. <laughs> and uh, so then, and she was literally like, so we'll see you, you know, a week on Tuesday, da-da-da-da. And it was like, oh, my gosh, okay. So, you know, I kind of basically that first week felt, I've got to go, and then I'll just not go. And it started this pattern every week of like where I wouldn't want to go, but I just sort of felt I had to go. Um, And I remember one of the significant things there was eating together at a table, which we hadn't done for a long time at home. Um, And back then I had a lot of food allergies. And I think God really used so many different things to touch my heart and to break down barriers. So one of the things that just blew me away was the fact that they would do meals. So normally, if I went out with my friends, they'd just be like, oh, you're so awkward, you can't have this, you can't have that. Or they'd almost be like, oh, I hate cooking for you because it's really difficult. And then you'd always just feel really bad um, kind of eating at anyone's house. And yet every week there would be stuff and nothing was kind of said. And I'd think, oh, you know, it was just, it obviously did really touch me. Um, And I remember having my birthday during Alpha and um, Jackie Jackson made me a dairy-free birthday cake. And I literally did not know what to do. I was like, I hadn't had a birthday cake in ages. Like, I'd always sort of have something, but just not cake. And it was, I just couldn't get over that. I couldn't get over, I suppose, just that kindness. So I think a lot of that was God kind of, you know capturing my heart and me sort of encountering him um and then I think God just used people that came in and did testimonies um you know they were all so varied but with each one there was something that they said that really touched my heart and I remember just this feeling of (laughs) okay I'm coming here I'm sort of feeling loved (laughs) but I don't like it and I'm trying to keep it away. And that sounds so silly, but it just felt overwhelming. I just felt like I I don't know what to do with this because I just spent so long not letting people in. And uh, yeah, so I think Alpha was really significant. And then I remember after Alpha, didn't come to church, hadn't made a commitment. I think everyone apart from two of us had made a commitment on Alpha rebelling again exactly and um yeah and then I got invited to an encounter weekend but kind of didn't know it was an encounter weekend I just sort of got told it was like a church weekend and basically got told if you come to this and then you don't want to know us we'll leave you alone and I was literally like brilliant this is great you know so I was like yeah I'm going it was then we used to do them we'd go away And I remember driving, being way out of my comfort zone. I sat in the car. I didn't speak to anyone in the car. I just felt sick. I just felt nervous. I kind of felt really out of control. Um, Got there and, um, (laughs) and I just think this is so funny. Like I remember like Deb's going, right, I won't sort of, you know, 
won't leave you. I'll be with you the whole time. She went to the loo, and then it was like they were gathering for worship. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I got sat between Jim Herring and this guy called Winston. And they were both just obviously like full-on worship, shouting out loud. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. It's embarrassing. It's cringy. They just kept looking at me going, isn't God good? And I was just sort of thinking, well, you know. And um, it was just so that I went, went to bed that night. And I just thought, I'm not going to go down in the morning. I'm just going to, like, stay in my room. And I remember the lady I was sharing a room with, Beth, just kind of said, oh, you know, you're coming down. I was like, no, I'm not. And so she was just like, okay. Anyway, so she disappears. But about 20 minutes later, she comes up. And, um, and then she just sort of said, well, look, let's sit at the back. And if you want to leave at any time, then we'll leave. So I was like, and I just was like, oh, I just want you guys to leave me alone. And... Um, and she was like, I get that. And if you want to go, I promise you, I will not let you walk out the door. So anyway, Jackie that morning um, did a talk on the prodigal son. And I remember sitting at the back. I was staring out the window and it was almost that, yeah, rebellion. I'm just not going to listen. I'm just going to look out the window. Um, so I'm just gazing in the other way. And, but obviously was listening. And I had this weird moment when she literally just sort of said the line and the son ran into the father's arms where it was like a movie, real, going like, you know, with all these pictures. And all I could see was me being really unhappy, me kind of asking God at home, if you exist, you need to kind of show me. Alpha, all these little things that people had done that was actually huge and I just thought, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're running away and actually you need to run to him. And I just remember just, you know, going up to her, just crying. You know, she led me to the Lord. And, um, you know, so obviously that, you know, was really powerful. Came back from the encounter. Still hadn't, I think I went to church one or two times, but was sort of on Sundays a bit like, oh, too tired sort of thing. So, th like, it didn't dramatically change. Um, but then Debs was talking to me about baptism. And, uh, and basically, for me, I think that's really where my encounter changed. And I remember when just talking through about what baptism's about, and when they sort of just talked about getting rid of the old... There was just something about that where it just felt like this is a relief that I could actually get rid of the old because I think I was still obviously carrying the old and having this sort of conflict of good stuff and I was trying to manage it both. Um, and um, yeah, at the time I was staying at Olive's house actually when I had my baptism and, you know, again, just significant things like that, like Olive and me used to have just really great conversations, you know, and I realized in those early days, there was a couple of times I stayed with her where she really spoke into my life and really affirmed stuff and explained things and, and, uh, and she couldn't come to my baptism, but I'd gone off when I got dropped back. I was like, I was just on fire. I can't explain it. I just remember going in that water and just thinking, I don't have to carry all of this stuff anymore. And it was such a relief. It was such a, 
you know, it was just such an amazing moment. And I remember just like bursting in, bless her heart, she was asleep. I'm just, you know, you know, just so excited. I'd been given a Bible and everyone had signed it and I was just excited about that. And uh, so for me, I guess there, that's the sort of significant things. But I feel like, you know, from that moment, there was just always encounters. There's things that I've noticed where I just kept encountering him and all the things, um, you know, and actually all the bad decisions I made, all the things that I've had to be accountable for and work through, but I've encountered God in it. So it wasn't like, yeah, the old was gone, but actually I still had to work through some consequences of my decisions. Um, And some of that did take quite a while, but you had God alongside you for Absolutely. all those, right? And it just felt a relief. I just remember that, just that feeling of like, I don't have to do this on my own anymore. And I think I just got that right from the beginning, uh, which really helped. Great. Wow. That sounds amazing. So just FYI, in case you haven't found out yet, when someone brings you a birthday cake, you meant to blow the candles out and then eat the cake? Have you figured that, you figured that out after a while, yeah? Yes. Cool. Good. <laughs> so um, I've, we were on the leading on the last encounter, and I heard you talking about the Holy Spirit on that. So when would you say that you encountered the Holy Spirit? Would that, was that your baptism or a bit further along? Uh, a lot further along. So you'll see the pattern of my, you know, my walk with God is always him really <laughs> showing me things and me taking a while to kind of surrender. Um, and so I think really early on, I remember that weekend actually, um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, sort of went, you know, fell on the floor. And I think, A, it scared me. And was a bit like, I I don't like this because it wasn't in my control. Um, And yeah, I think then it did start a bit of a fear thing of being worried and nervous of Holy Spirit. Um, So I think it did take a long time. And I remember um, not, you know, only a few months after becoming a Christian, um, I went over to Africa Um, and obviously over there also you would see all sorts of stuff and I remember it this mix of like when you're on a roller coaster of like elements of like this is amazing your your adrenaline's going and it feels great but also bits where it was terrifying and almost like oh I want to get off I don't you know this is scary I just you know and say I, I didn't like that feeling of kind of not being in control Um, but I remember sort of just thinking this is just something else I've got to sort of pursue and you know let God into rather than me sort of trying to work it out or put a hold on it and I remember coming back um, for a break and um, Mark um, and Audrey were talking about um, this um, thing that their work was doing up in Wembley and I can't remember what it was called but it was I think something about love um the love story or something like that and um anyway got a ticket went and um it had been around that time where I was like okay Lord I know I'm scared of this I don't want to be but I really am um and I think because my mum was very unpredictable I think there was that element too of um, where God was trying to heal me and heal my relationship. Like everything God does 
is also about what healing he can bring, what he's doing in you, but how you can kind of bless others. So it's like all of that is just going on all the time. And uh, But I just remember sitting there um, and they basically, Holy Spirit was like depicted in this performance of like fun, you know, um, so some of it uh, was done in sort of like dance and stuff. And I just remember sitting there and thinking, oh, I hadn't realized that Holy Spirit was like that. So on the stage, wherever Jesus and God was, you just suddenly see Holy Spirit like just around. Um, and it, it really, really impacted me. And um, I remember sort of just on the way home, like, okay that's the Holy Spirit I need to know, not this, what I've put in my mind as someone that's scary, someone that I need to be frightened of, someone that, you know, I mean, yes, it is unpredictable, but not in a way that it's going to be negative for me or it's going to hurt me or it's going to harm me or it's going to embarrass me. And uh, so, um, yeah, I just, and I think I'm kind of, I, well, not I think, I am an all-in person, so for me, from that baptism moment, it's like if I'm all in, <laughs> I'm going for everything. So I think I then really do pursue things. And I'll, re- you know, until I've got it or until I'm sure of something. So I think I just really pursued Holy Spirit. And I went on um, this little three-day Father Heart school that Heather had found me. And um, had just amazing encounters there. And again, I think it's just... God's goodness and his love of just like I'm pursuing that so he just showed me all these different aspects of Holy Spirit and and actually how much you know I need Holy Spirit so I can't sort of do anything without him awesome wow that's a really good story we're going to end part two here so for people at home that are listening you can pause it you can go make yourself a sandwich or have a little nap or whatever for everyone here you got stare at us awkwardly for 10-15 seconds but yeah we're going to end part two there and come back in part three So part three is, I mean, I love every part, but I think part three is my favorite bit. Um, As Pastor Neville, those that have been in Life Spring for a while, you should know this by now, but Pastor Neville likes to say that um, when God comes, change comes. So Ruth, (laughs) you've spoken about meeting God, you've spoken about the Holy Spirit. What changed in your life? I'm hoping... One of the things you said is that you're not so rebellious anymore. <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. Take it away. <laughs> um, well, the honest answer to this is everything changed. Um, and I, you know, I guess what I really have in my sort of DNA now of my faith and, and my Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit is that the more you let him in, <laughs> the more things change. Um, and yeah, rebellion is gone and it did take a while, you know, it did take a while, you know, to forgive myself for things I'd done. It took me, you know, a long time to sort out forgiveness in my family. Um, I mean, my family journey has been incredible and, um, you know, that there's just so many testimonies of, you know, uh, what God has done in my family, just building relationships, you know, 
I had a sibling that I hadn't seen for about 16 years. And, um, you know, we're now seeing each other. I'm seeing his kids. Um, you know, my mum and me have just got such a great relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, with my eldest brother, we did see each other, but it was very surface level. You know, whereas now, you know, we've even had times where we've just sort of cried together over stuff or, you know, and Mark was very early on um, hostile about um, my faith. And I think it was hard for my family because there was this sort of big turnaround. And actually, it was hard for my friends because I think they were literally like, what has happened to Ruth? You know, and I went from, you know, sort of drinking, smoking cannabis, you know, just mixing with the wrong people, just getting in trouble, you know, swearing all the time, um, just, yeah, just loads. To And it wasn't like, obviously, all of that wasn't instant, but the more I would make decisions or, you know, if I was with them, not doing the things they were doing or kind of not going to places where I knew I'd be tempted... I, I think they were all a bit like, oh, <laughs> what's happened? And it was hard for them to understand. And I think the longer it's gone on and they know that I hadn't joined some weird cult or it wasn't just like a phase and all of that sort of stuff and they could just sort of see the fruit, the more it's impacted my family and my friends. My work that. ethic has changed. Um, you know, I've changed. You know, and I think it's like, it's so funny how God restores and you know what what he can do and what he sees in you um uh and you know i just realize in every situation in everything i've faced what you know you look back and you just think wow this is what he was doing this is what he was teaching me this is what he was helping me with this is what he was restoring this is say what he wanted to use for other people um you know, uh, you know, I've had a lot of challenges, you know, and I'd almost say that every area I've let God in then has been a challenge because I've had to let him in and he's had to then work all these other little bits out. So it's been challenging in my family. It's been like one step forward, a few back, you know, every time there's one breakthrough, then something else happens and you're a bit like, oh man, <laughs> you know, it is a battle. Um, you know, and I think, you know, uh, just perseverance has been, you know, so it's almost like the he's turned that rebellion <laughs> into a persevering spirit. And with that persevering spirit, I've just, you know, it's sort of like I just won't let the enemy win. You know, I'm not letting him have you know, stuff that is not, you know, uh, you know, is not his. And I want to try and take back stuff that I know that he stole. Um, and I just won't let him, <laughs> you know, won't let him interfere. Yeah, I think I think you're you're great at helping other people to do that as well. You know, I, we see you go alongside people and help them to kind of get freedom from things and persevere and i think you've got enough persevering spirit to share it around with people <laughs> so um you, i guess one thing that you've gone through fairly recently i mean you said earlier didn't you that you've just come out of surgery with stuff i don't know we ha we are running out of time but if you could just i guess tell everyone where god has been and where you've seen god really move in everything that you've gone through in the past few years 
Yeah, so uh, kind of two and a half years ago, um, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, yeah, I remember in the beginning, just literally like, oh, it's fine. You know, uh, God's got this, it's going to go, you know, um, you know, and all of that. And then very quickly, it was kind of like, oh, a bit more bad news and like, oh, okay, this isn't sort of playing out how I thought. And um, I remember sitting on my bed and literally kind of going, God, have I got to go through this? <laughs> and I just remember just seeing Jesus sat next to me and it was like he just took my hand. And I just really felt like he was like, but we're going to do it together. And I remember sort of like having a cry, just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I've got to go through this. He's not taking it away from me. Um, but you know what? It, it has been incredible. And I can honestly sit here and say there has been so many amazing things that God has done through a really difficult season. You know, um, and, you know, going back to what I said at the beginning about when I was bullied and just things that got taken from me and, you know, how I felt about myself. That is a major thing that he's restored in the last three years you know, that I sit here now just thinking, I really like myself. You know, I feel really happy with who I am. I really am grateful to God for the person he made me. Um, You know, I remember like when I lost my hair and it was such, you know, it was such a difficult thing in terms of you just feel really exposed. It's kind of hard to explain, but you just literally feel like everyone can look at you. You know, even though I didn't have long hair or have it in my face or anything, but I literally felt like I was on show. But it was like I've been stripped bare (laughs) the last two and a half years in so many ways. I've been stripped back. I've been, you know, but things have been peeled off of me. And then he's kind of put me back together through the various times. I mean, you know, yeah, like chemo was hard. Um, you know, and I remember again, just like fear stuff that God has just got in and taken out, you know, and I just feel like I have such a peace and have a such a peace about, you know, God walking with me that I can, you know, yeah, that I just feel like I can, I can face things because he's with me. I've not had to do any of this on my own. Um, the staff he's put in my care have been amazing, you know, and even this last operation, you know, at the pre-op, um, the nurse was chatting and then she asked who was doing my surgery and I had to have like two surgeons do this last one. And uh, I gave the names and she literally said, you've got the dream team. And I just remember just like, yeah, Lord, that is you. You've given me the dream team. And um, on the night before going for the surgery, I felt really nervous And it was that, you know, I'd been feeling better for a bit and it was like, oh, I've got to go back to kind of being, you know, sore and just all of those things. And I was like, Jesus, you know, am I going to be okay? Um, It was a long surgery. It was 12 hours of surgery. And um, yeah, and I just saw this picture of Jesus next to me on the bed again. And he was putting on like those surgical stockings. And it was just really nice because, again, it's just constantly him saying, I'm going to be there with you, you know, and I just feel like, you know, throughout my journey, throughout everything, and I've had, you know, some setbacks and that song, you know, is just so powerful. It's so true. If I can encourage anyone, it's like when we don't understand, 
You know, don't focus on what you don't understand. You know, the hardest bit of my journey was being told that I wouldn't be able to have a child naturally. And it was a real low point. And I remember, you know, probably having about three months of just feeling so sad and kind of like just this constant why. You know, I don't understand. You know, I know you're good. I know you're here. I know you're real. I don't doubt any of that, but I just don't understand this bit. And um, I just remember pulling out, you know, some of the prophecies I'd been given and reading those through. And I remember just thinking, I need to focus on what I know to be true. You know, what, you know, yeah, what Jesus has already done in my life, none of that has changed. And he is walking through this with me. And the truth is, you, I can't do it without him. You know, I can't do any of this without him. You know, and on, if I sit here now, of course I haven't got the answer to that question. And, you know, I might never have. But I know I've got a dad that loves me. I've got a best friend that, you know, encourages me, cries with me, you know. And I've got Holy Spirit that really empowers me. And I just, you know, when I look at the, the amount of amazing good things that have happened. And my surgeon, after I'd come out of hospital the first time of going in, and the surgeons often are quite straight. And they're not, you know, my consultant is the one, how are you feeling? And the holistic approach. But the surgeons are quite matter of fact. And um, Nicola was just sort of, you know, really teary. And she just looked at me and was just like, Ruth, I just cannot believe how well you're doing. And, you know, she was like, um, yeah, got up and went, can I give you a hug? And she came around. I was like, literally like nearly fell off my chair. I thought, what's going on? But, you know, I realized that's God. And I don't know what was going on that day, but I just felt like, you know, God was really touching her. And, um, you know, just, yeah, the staff around me, the things they've noticed, and I've had opportunity to say, you know, about my faith. I've had opportunity to say people are praying for me. Um, you know, two weeks ago, I was really fighting an infection, and uh, my scar started opening up, and um, I felt so poorly, and I'd obviously messaged my cell group, and just like, I just need people to pray, I feel really lousy, I was aching everywhere, I had a really bad temperature, and, um, you know, and again, all these things that other people see, you know, my mum and dad were worried, they kind of were in fear a bit, you know, and I just kept saying, I've asked people to pray, it's going to be okay. I don't know why, but, you know, it's going to be okay. And, um, you know, and it was quite a few hours, but all of a sudden it was like my fever broke. And I know, and it's hard to explain, you know, obviously, isn't it, to other people, but I know at that point he broke that infection, you know, and he broke what was going on. And, you know, since then I've been, you know, doing better again. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. You're, I mean, I'm sure we could all sit here and listen to you talk for hours more, but I think Nev might tell us off if we can. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so normally we would have another break, but we're going to skip the other break and we're just going to go straight into prayer requests. Um, I think it might be nice actually if the church joined us in just praying. Um, so if you could just tell us some things you want us to pray for and then I guess me and Luke will 
lead the prayer and if the church could stand with us if they're able and just you know extend the hand so what what can we join you in prayer for so i think breakthrough in my family you know i've been praying you know for a long time now and i really want to see radical breakthrough for mum and dad for my brothers their kids and just healing over my family like relationships um for my health and just a real protection on that um and then i think like the next season um obviously i will be kind of glad to get out of this season but i also am aware that in every season you know you don't want to miss what god's doing because he'll kind of use that for the next i'm trying not to be like oh just let me get me out of here but you know um obviously it's very soon that door's going to be closing and i'll be going into new season and i just yeah you know i'd love just i guess blessing for that season and just you know some good things to come along and just have a a little breather would be good amen amen okay so last from church if you could if you're able if you could stand with us and just extend your hands and me and luke will lay hands on our lovely roof um yeah, so Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for what you've done in Ruth's life, Lord. We want to thank you for um, restoring her to you, for, for tra- transforming her from rebellious spirit into someone who perseveres and gets closer to you in every situation. Father, we thank you for everything you've done in her life. We thank you for everything you're continuing to do in her life. And Lord, we just want to declare um, real transformation in her family's life real breakthrough in that area in her family's life lord let her testimony let her story of her health and her change in her attitudes let that be a reason that her family would break through and come to know you holy spirit interrupt in their lives in their comfort zone just really break through and have your way lord we want to declare as a church that ruth's family would come to know you that they would inquire about you that they would find out more about you Holy Spirit, we want, we want to see you move in Ruth's family. Yeah, Lord, and we want to pray for, for Ruth's health as well. You know, we've heard about this infection. We've heard about the cancer. And, Lord, we just want to thank you that, Jesus, you, you died on the cross so that death was no more. You t- took those whips on your back and dropped blood from your back so that sickness had no place anymore and holy spirit we just want to pray and declare healing on ruth lord we want to pray for healing we want to pray for breakthrough we want to see this season come to an end we want to see this bright joyous new season come through we want to see that come through and we want to see ruth have everything she she deserves and lord everything you want to give her you want to bless her with we want to pray that that would come soon in jesus name in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruth Boys. Thank you.